0: Hello and welcome to the Livestreamer Backstage Podcast, I'm Alec Johnson and this is a weekly show where I interview fellow livestreamers to understand how they're using live streaming as a tool in their business and to discover the tech, the gear and the software that they use to produce great live shows. My guest today is Geraldine Wilkins. Dina is a Pulitzer Prize winning photojournalist who had a long and successful career working for the LA Times. Since 2016, she has built a name for herself in the crafting community and specifically the quilting niche, lecturing and teaching at international quilt shows, regional retreats and the like. More recently, she has been serving her crafting community through live streaming, both as a YouTuber and also as an Amazon influencer. Uh, I think this is a great example to highlight because it shows the power of two things. Firstly, having a focused niche, but also the power of live selling or live serving uh, when you have such an engaged audience. Now I titled the episode of this podcast, creating, uh, sorry, crafting a live streaming business, and I hope that you appreciate the pun there, but I think that this is also a great avenue for conversation, how you can craft a business out of something you love doing. It's what Dina is doing for herself with her Living Water Quilter brand. Uh, She is also helping others do the same, coaching artists and crafters on how to leverage live streaming for their business. There's lots to talk about, so without further ado, let's welcome Geraldine Wilkins. Hey Dina, how are you doing today?
1: I'm wonderful. So good to be here, Alec. Thank you for having
0: me. Oh, you're welcome. And it's uh, yeah, as I was just saying before we started, it's always interesting when there's people that you know we've crossed each other's paths in the uh, in the chat in various different places, but it's great to finally speak. So I do appreciate you coming on and uh, uh, and sharing your knowledge with uh, with everyone today. Well, it's it's certainly my pleasure. So perhaps you can start by, yeah, I gave a sort of brief intro there, but perhaps you could tell everyone a little bit more about your sort of background and, uh, you know, where that's taken you and then also how that sort of led into live streaming as well.
1: Well, thank you for this opportunity. It's really been an amazing journey. Um, It really can start a few years back. I guess way back, <laughs> that's when I fell in love with uh, photography. Initially, you know, my mother it was insistent that all her children have safe careers. And that meant public service or um, traditional things like doctor, lawyer kind of thing. But I decided to be the rebel <laughs> and pursue photography. And... That journey has taken me to so many different places, and I'm thankful for that opportunity. Part of it has allowed me to take something that I love, photography, and use it to tell stories, to get to know people around the world. And I love that aspect of what I do. I'm really a creative person, and that has helped combine what my second passion, which is quilting, with photography and now live streaming all three are working together to complete this uh, creative process for me
0: that's uh that's great and you talk about the uh this sort of photography and i mentioned just before we started as well it's it's uh, it's always interesting to learn about, like, the skills that people are, are bringing to the table with live streaming. And, uh, yeah, certainly, you know, one of the things that a lot of live streamers struggle with is getting to grips with just even the, the most basic terms of the camera. So you'd already got a bit of a, a head start there with your, your photography experience.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, very, it's a funny story. You know, when I was an intern in New York, I'm a native New Yorker, and I was an intern at the New York paper Newsday when the democratic convention came to New York. And as the intern, I was able to hold the very first processor for the first Kodak digital camera, the DCS 100. Mm -hmm. So if you look that up, you'll find a, a little Nikon camera, but then this huge box that was the processor. So I walked around the convention holding it for the official photographer. I was the intern, but that was the just the tip of the iceberg in terms of getting introduced to digital photography. As a Los Angeles Times photographer, you know we had the the top or the top or the cutting edge of of technology. We were mm-hmm. always pursuing the best because every year we would have a wish list as photojournalists, the photographers. What did you need to get your job done? And so we were able to get anything we needed, and they were very encouraging in terms of growing as photographers. So I had an opportunity to go to the Pointer Institute for a week-long study of how journalism can be enhanced with video. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was an amazing experience. And I learned so much from that. So that's when I really started getting into video with photojournalism and storytelling. And that was um, a, quite a shift in journalism because it was around the time that the internet was just getting started. Mm-hmm. And many companies and even print publications thought, well, why do we need a website? <laughs> right, And they didn't understand, you know, what direction in some newspapers that didn't follow that lead,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they don't, they're not around. They didn't survive because from print, they had to go digital. And the LA Times was at the forefront of that. And I had to, the pleasure, the privilege of being a part of that early journey into digital content for the web, both video and still.
0: Right, what an exciting, uh, what an exciting time to be uh, to be involved in those sort of things, and and uh, I'm, I love all the the new technology. So <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that was yes. fascinating <laughs> for you as well to be to be there, that you know to to get that sort of early access to those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, it was. It was an amazing time, and I when I reflect on it now, I I just think about the privilege I had to be a part of such a, a large newspaper, and mm-hmm. then also the opportunity to use those tools to tell stories to yes, capture yeah. um stories about people about public policy that could change lives for many people mhm and
0: and how did the the sort of shift then to um uh, to to actually live streaming yourself come about obviously that was uh, you know after uh, the the crafting side of stuff but where where did you first get into to, into that
1: Well, that happened as a result of the pandemic, like for many people. As a quilter, my transition from photography to quilting happened because I left the LA Times, joined another publication that was an international publication. Mm -hmm. And I was rarely at home. I was always traveling to some country in the world. And when I came back, I didn't know anyone. So I said, well, how am I gonna get to know people in my own community? And so I joined a quilting group. And that opened the door for me to then transition from quilting to be uh, from photography to be a professional quilter. Because right. as I grew, like everything I do, once I focus it, in on it, I learn it. Yes. I take the time to take classes and to learn it. And as I learned quilting, ladies asked me to teach. Mm-hmm. So I started teaching it full time in 2015. And then the pandemic hit, so in-person events had to become virtual events, right? And that's where the streaming started, because I had to transition from in-person events to virtual and online events.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, what what were the what were the events looking like? How were you doing those? Were those events on uh, on Zoom, or was it uh, just live streamed on uh, YouTube and things like that? Or how, how have those been have they been run?
1: Well, you know, I don't think I followed a traditional route. It, it, I'm very focused in my learning process. And so I'm more likely to figure out what I need to do, learn that, take the course, join the YouTube university, right? That's <laughs> yes, where yeah. I've met a lot of the, the creators that you've interviewed, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. And as I learned that, I realized It was similar to that process when the newspapers from print had to go digital. Mm -hmm. I realized during that um, knowledge acquisition for video, for YouTube, for streaming that the pandemic made a shift, Mm -hmm. a collective worldwide shift about expectations. And my opinion is that that expectation was that video is great, but we want to see you live. Mm-hmm. And so when that mind shift hit me, I realized I needed to learn that skill of live streaming, the tech part, on-camera presence, uh, engagement with the audience. And so I committed to going live once a week for a year, and I did that so that I could learn the skill. And it wasn't until I did that did I actually start to charge people. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah it, it takes a while to, uh, to to get used to the the live side of thing and you mentioned before about being involved in the the video side of things at the the LA Times and you know an early adopter of of that kind of technology. Um, is that something when you were doing that back then that you were on the the camera side of it or was it more as the uh on the the, the other side of the camera should i say?
1: That is a good question because I was asked to do the video from being the being the the host Right, early on, but I said no because I was used to being on the other side of the camera. Right, I was the photographer, the videographer, the storyteller, the journalist. I -hmm. was not the subject, and so I had a hard time doing that. Right, right. So now, right now, of course, I'm in in front of the camera and it's still kind of weird to even think about that
0: <laughs> <laughs> right and so when you did st- sort of make that shift then and start doing the the live streaming uh what was the what was the progress like from that point of view you know how long did it did you would you say that it's taken you to to get that um uh to feel more comfortable on camera and uh you know to get things set up as well into into a flow i suppose there's two sides really there's the the tech side of you know having the comfortable operating everything because sometimes we have to feel like we've got you know more than two hands switching scenes and all that kind of stuff Uh, but then there's obviously the on on screen stuff so what was the the journey like in terms of that for you
1: well i i'm thankful that prior to um doing in-person events, I was a blogger. And that's how I became an Amazon associate. I was blogging as ah, a quilter, right, right. Uh-huh. And using my skills as photography was an easy combination of to be able to take photos of my quilt, to do mm-hmm. step-out photos of tutorials. So I had a vast library of content. Mm-hmm. So I just took all of the content from previous blog posts and I made that into live content. That's how I was able to stream every single week because I already had the content. I already had the photos. I already knew the storyline. So that enabled me to concentrate on the tech part, the production part, because I already had the the content cre- uh, creative part, the quilting part. Right. So that made it very easy for me to go week after week knowing, okay, I'm going to take this blog post and this is the topic for the live. And the ladies seem to love it.
0: hmm And have you done that much recorded video or any recorded video, or is it just all purely lives that you, uh, that you do?
1: Well, if I'm honest, I was very hesitant, like I said, about being in front of the camera. So I decided to first record video, and that's what I right. did from twenty uh, from the summer of twenty twenty is when I started to revive my dormant YouTube channel and record video without being on camera. Right. But I that's when about six months later I realized this is not going to work. Uh-huh. I need to get on camera, and so I got on camera February of twenty twenty one for the first time.
0: Mm-hmm. And and the yeah. the community that you've uh, you've been streaming to. How has, that, uh, how has that grown over the the time that you've been live streaming? Obviously, you had like an existing, uh, you know, you were well known in the, in the community before, so presumably, you know, you brought some of those uh, folks over as well. But how has it looked like in terms of, uh, you know, has the live, how has the live influence of the community, I guess, in terms of the, the community growth?
1: Uh, the community growth has been very dynamic and wide reaching. I am so glad that I went live. It really gave me a different perspective as an educator and as another fellow quilter. And we became a community, not just teacher-student, but just friends. And that changed the way I saw how I could deliver not just video content or live streaming content, but even the content that I do it for in-person events or recorded video. And I like that I've been. I'm able to reach some of the women who I desire to reach outside of my home country, the U.S. And mm-hmm. so it's a very diverse group, and I have ladies from Scotland, from Australia, from England, from all places. Even though the time difference, they can be like this one lady who says, "I'm watching from my bed," you know, because right. it's like midnight midnight for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's
0: it's it's amazing though that I mean. We, I shouldn't be amazed by the technology in this day and age, but uh, I am continually amazed that you know we well, like you and I are talking right now over, <laughs> the, you know wherever <laughs> we are, however many time zones apart we are, and uh, it's amazing just to be able to connect with people, and that's what I love about the live streams as well—is just that that, that connection that you get that you you don't get with just pre-recorded videos. You know, there's that separation there, and. Responding to comments is one thing, but it's not quite the same as getting a a question in real time and answering in real time as well. I just want to take a moment to talk about Ecamm Live. This is the live production Mac software that we're using to live stream and record this podcast. In my opinion, it is the best live streaming and recording software on the market today. So what exactly does it do? Well, essentially, it allows you to control the content that you're including in your video, be it a live stream or a recorded video. And you do this by building out different scenes that contain the content that you want to show. This content may be a feed from your camera, or indeed multiple cameras, or you may be sharing a screen, which is what I do a lot of in my tutorial style videos that I make for my Take One Tech YouTube channel. You can share the screen from a second computer, or maybe even a gaming console if you are a live streaming gamer. And just as we are doing in this podcast, you can also bring in guests using Ecamm Live's built-in interview mode, where guests can join from a browser and you can then incorporate their video and audio into your production. Finally, you can add all kinds of graphical and animated overlay elements and even movies to really add a level of branded professionalism that would be hard to achieve in any other way. The real magic happens though when you hit that record or go live button because then you are able to seamlessly switch back and forth between all of the scenes that you've created and indeed this is how all of the videos have been created for my Take One Tech YouTube channel and the reason it's called Take One Tech by the way is because all of the videos are made in one take with no edits. I just hit record, make the video and as soon as I hit the end, recording button, the file is there and ready to be uploaded straight to YouTube. What I love about Ecamm is not just the ease of use that it has when compared to other live streaming software, but also the greater flexibility it gives in terms of layouts and designs that you can create for your shows when compared to some of the hardware streaming solutions. And one thing that makes Ecamm great specifically for podcasts is the fact that it has the ability to record isolated audio tracks. So once we finish recording this podcast, I'll have a separate audio file for me, my guests, and any other audio tracks that have been a part of the recording. That makes the editing and repurposing of the content for the podcast so much more streamlined. It does have another little trick up its sleeve though, and that is its virtual camera feature. This allows you to take the video output from Ecamm Live straight into communication apps like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Discord, and so on. This means that rather than just appearing in Zoom meetings with a regular camera feed, you can now show up with all of the amazing production values that Ecamm Live gives you and deliver that straight into your Zoom meeting. And trust me, when you rock up to a Zoom meeting with Ecamm, <laughs> the other participants will be truly amazed. So whether for live streaming, recorded video content, or to level up your Zoom game, I highly recommend you give Ecamm Live a go. You can get a free trial by going to takeonetech.io slash Ecamm. That's E-C-A-M-M, takeonetech.io slash And of course, you can find a link to that in the show notes as well. You will certainly not regret giving it a go. Now let's get back to the show. But you mentioned there about um, you know serving the community, and that's where in the intro I mentioned Chris Stones in the uh, the chat on Amazon right now. But uh, you know he mentioned when I had him on about you know live uh, live serving versus live selling, um, and. It's interesting when you've got like a, a niche and you can be on Amazon. I don't know what your your views were of Amazon before you actually started as an Amazon influencer. I was always a bit hesitant, thinking it was going to be more like sort of QVC style, uh, you know, heavy selling on the on the channel. And then it was only when I, uh, you know, I started watching people like Chris and yourself and so on that you can find out that there is a there is a different way of doing it, and actually having a a focused niche works really well on uh, on Amazon. So what was your experience of Amazon sort of before and, and after having been been on the platform?
1: Well, it was really a natural fit for me because as a blogger, I was already an associate and I was already sharing links. And my primary focus has always been as a quilter, as a young quilter, I had a lot of frustration trying to find the right tools. And so right. I often found them available on Amazon. So becoming an associate was a labeling, a allowing my followers to get access to those tools that I was using that was giving me success. Mm -hmm. And so once I was able to live stream, now I can demonstrate the tools. I can share where to get them, do it on Prime Day if it's it's a sale. So it was such a natural fit to be able to create a show around the quilting tools that I was already talking about and Mm -hmm. doing it live. So it's yeah. also just serving the community.
0: Yeah, and as you say, it's the it's the uh, it's the ideal place to do it because you're you're talking about the products that they would otherwise be looking for on Amazon, no doubt. In any case, so. <laughs> and wh- yes. how long have you been on uh, on Amazon specifically? Then you've uh, and, and versus your YouTube channel, and what was that sort of what was that transition like in terms of any any new things you needed to learn from that perspective?
1: Well, the new things is always the the way in which the live stream is delivered, right? every mm-hmm. platform is different, so there's a little learning curve with that and you know whether or not to i experimented with multi streaming to Amazon and to my YouTube audience, but I found it kind of challenging in terms of the conversation right mm-hmm. the my community is the the goal they're the focus, and mm-hmm. so when I felt like the Amazon selling because there are people on here looking to buy and you want to answer those questions. But Mm -hmm. in the community that I've been with for over two years now, for them to say, and have a conversation that kind of went off of the topic of the particular product in the carousel. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to talk about, you know, Lori in Hawaii, who's making jam. And so we're talking about jam. We're not talking about quilting now. Mm -hmm. Or it's someone's birthday or someone's having some other issue. Once you go live and you build a community around a topic, that topic is just the, the introduction to the community. When you start to connect with one another, it starts to move into other areas. Mm-hmm. And I love that. The community takes on this its own organic creation to just automatically starts to become something that you have no control over and you really don't wanna control it. You want it to happen naturally.
0: Yeah, so it becomes a, a thriving community in a in a real true sense of the world. Yeah, that's that's what I've loved from my uh, my my Discord that, that I have for my uh, my channel as well is you know seeing the everyone who's coming into there they've all got their own things that they want to discuss and things like that as well. So uh, yeah, I totally I totally agree with that, and uh, <laughs> I love that the sort of idea behind that as well. And the um, the YouTube stuff then. So what do you do that's th- in terms of sort of splitting those then with your your lives? And do you do still some live on YouTube and some on, on Amazon? Or is it just, you know, you focus more just specifically on Amazon now?
1: Well, you know, as the creators, we know there is this time of focus where we're learning the back end and all the tools that we need to go live. And then there's also the creative aspect. Once you bring in the community, our focus can shift and change. and And as a result, I think our goals and ultimately our content should change because you want to serve your community
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so i went live with the purpose of learning how to do it but also to serve the community and now that i've had an opportunity to learn more about what their needs are i'm actually refocusing some of my live sessions as well as my recorded content so i have an idea based on some new collaborations, how I can serve my community in a new and a fresh way. And so they were very sad to hear, but I felt it was necessary to take a two-month break, November and December, to prepare that content that will start next year.
0: Right, right. Well, I've I've done similar things myself, you know, taking a break from certain aspects of the content creation to focus in on, Uh, you know getting something new up and running just i mean even on my youtube channel i've not put any of my sort of regular video shall we say out for probably about a couple of months as well actually but then about to sort of kick those back in again so uh, i think as as long as your your community knows what you're doing and the sort of thought process behind it then uh, that sort of stuff's fine in my in my estimation
1: (laughs) yeah i think so as well i mean part of it too is that during the pandemic, we were all home, so it was easier for me yeah. to go live, and my in-person events were few and far between, and so I it wasn't a problem. But now that is changing. Yes, I am getting more and more events that are in person, so I'm traveling, and it's not allowing me to do as much as I did, you know, the previous year.
0: Right. Right. Uh huh. Uh, but especially as well when it's when you you know you're working on something that is people can see viewers and community members can see that it's uh, it's part of the overall uh, you know story arc of the the channel and the brand and the growth of it then uh, yeah i think uh, i think people are fine with that sort of stuff so perhaps, yes. perhaps you could talk a little bit about then, so what um, what sort of new things are you, have you got that you're working on that are slightly different to what you've been doing before? I know you've, you've uh, we'll come on to the sort of specific studio spaces a little bit later, but um, yeah, what's, what's some of the ways that you've taken this as a business that have, you know, future directions of it? And, and how have you found actually crafting a business out of this uh, this this thing that you love to do?
1: Well, I count myself very privileged that I'm able to... Teach what I love and to actually make some money doing it. And I just love that I can incorporate so many aspects between the photography, the quilting. I love documenting stories, being around people. As a photojournalist, you know, photographers, you know, can record things, but as a photojournalist, you get an opportunity to spend a lot of time with people. And live streams have allowed me to do that. Whether it's Amazon, YouTube, or Facebook, I count every minute that I'm live that I'm spending time with you. You're investing time with me and I'm doing the same. So I really enjoy that. And so as far as the business side of that, I've been looking at some of the companies that I have had brand relationships with as a blogger. Mm -hmm. And as a quilt designer, are they live streaming? Is there a gap in their business where I can come in and help support as a collaboration between two businesses? And those doors have opened. That was one of my goals in part with Amazon Live was to connect with some of the brands that are on Amazon that my community know and love. And I'm glad that I have a regular show now. Working with one of those brands and a second brand, we just started a new relationship where they're also on Amazon, and it's really working well for my business to be able to collaborate with these brands that also serve my community.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a fantastic opportunity for brands to actually to to to, to leverage you know your your community and and on the platform as well i mean it's almost like a match made in heaven really isn't it you know here they've got someone like you who's got a a community of people who you know respect you look up to you and uh, turn to you for advice and uh, you know obviously watch your stream and then you're there on the platform where they can buy the products and then in steps the the actual brand that you already love and advocate and uh, there you are all just uh, perfectly together in the right place at the right time it's uh, it's a wonderful opportunity for everyone involved really it's it's a real win-win-win i think you know for the for the companies for the for the streamer and for the the people whose products you're you know you're recommending their products to i should say
1: you're exactly right it's a triple win Mm -hmm. the the community wins I win as a teacher educator because I I know that I'm helping my students grow as quilters. And then I'm also helping not only my business to grow and develop, but I'm also helping those brands that I'm collaborating to help reinforce their brands as viable brands that are helping the quilting community.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, so how did you go about actually uh, securing those brand deals? Was that something where you you literally just reached out to them and showed them, you know, explained what you did and and sort of made them an offer almost? Or how, how was it that you uh, sort of uh, organized all of that and, you know, brought that into fruition, shall we say?
1: Well, you know, these things are process and you know, part of my journey on Amazon Live and even with my own live streaming, remember there's this skill acquisition, right? You're learning, you're improving. And, you know, I would joke with some of the other creators that I was building my live streaming muscle and I would go live on Amazon to build certain skills. And in time I said, you know what, I'm gonna reach out. And I was at an in-person event a uh, f- quilting event in Arizona. And I made a purpose of going through the quilt show to see if there were any brands that were on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I came across a brand, I said, oh, I wonder if that's the brand or if it's a seller, but it, ap- it actually happened to be the brand. And the person in the booth was the marketing director i like, how often does that happen, Perfect. right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I mentioned Amazon Live after, you know, a five-minute conversation about their products and asking different questions. And he had no idea about it. And he was like, Really? So I was able to show him some of my live streams and what I was doing. And so after several months of back and forth conversation, because it was completely new to him. Mm-hmm. And I have to say this that Overall, crafting, sewing is still very new on Amazon. There aren't many sewers or crafters that are creating a show or content around Amazon uh, products that offer sewers and Uh quilters. So he was kind of skeptical about whether or not we could bring an audience there or if they even know about it it was still like the frontier, you know, who's doing it? And how often is there an audience for it? Mm-hmm. And so when he heard that I was speaking at a uh, an event in Orlando about streaming on Amazon for business, he was like, okay, this is really serious. He ki- kind of shifted his idea about what right. Amazon Live is and yes. could be. And so eventually wow. after about six months, he says, okay, let's start with one show a month. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're doing now. We're doing one show a month, talking about their products, demoing their products, and they are getting good results. And so that's Mm -hmm. how one started. Now, I, I know I mentioned earlier that as a blogger, I had already been working with different brands. I've been an ambassador as a designer for fabric companies. I design quilts for publications. And those fabric companies and publications are on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And so I would do a show centered around some of those things, and I would just send them a little link. You know, this is what I did recently. I featured your fabric or I featured your magazine. And they were like, there's Amazon Live? When did that happen? Right. So there's still this period of discovery for a lot of the brands. Some of them, like many, are willing to jump right in. Remember the point i made about the early days of the internet when newspapers were told you need a website i kind of feel it's similar Mm -hmm. that they're kind of tentative to to tip their toe in that live streaming water in uh, on amazon
0: yeah it's interesting that i think there's a lot of people who don't realize even there is a live video component to to amazon you know brands and and shoppers um and you know where that actually fits in and you know how people get to see it and all of that kind of thing. It is quite, uh, I suppose, it's not too surprising, but a little bit surprising that um, you know there isn't more of a um, a focus on you know the crafting side of things on Amazon purely because first of all, it's a really sort of creative. Uh, segment, obviously, it's, you know, in the name almost, Um, but then also just because there's often lots of sort of gear and products that go along with that, you know, just as in your, you know, sort of crafting niche as well, all the different products that go along with that, it's also a really visual thing. So to have somebody on screen, you know, showing these things and giving tutorials about exactly how to do these things. That as well just seems like a really well. You're probably finding this, but it seems like a really natural fit for Amazon just to be able to demonstrate the products, the techniques, and all of this kind of thing. It it does just seem so obvious as a uh, as a segment to be there, represented on uh, on
1: live. I would agree. I'm not suggesting that there aren't any, but it's fewer than say the tech. Right. There's a lot yeah, of yeah. people sharing tech streams. Yes, yeah, that's very popular. And there's a, a good segment on books, but uh-huh. the crafting side is a little bit small. And when I talk to my own community of crafters, mainly the educators, the lecturers, the teachers, those in the business, mm-hmm. they are surprised right. to learn that there is an Amazon Live.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know you you do coaching with uh, with other artists and crafters and, and help them out. So is that something that you're doing? Is uh, you know helping those folks to get onto Amazon and onto other platforms? And uh, what's your sort of approach to that in helping other other folks out to do this kind of thing?
1: Well, that approach happened when you know, I am a multitasker. <laughs> I need to maximize my time, and so in my efforts to learn the Amazon platform, um, to learn live solving, to to learn demos. Part of it was, how can I do multiple shows and have that engagement? And I realized that my own journey as a live streamer involved so many steps in building my studio. Mm -hmm. And I said, there has to be other crafters, sewers, makers who are in that place. And so I decided to create a show called Tech for Teachers and to give a studio tour, to show that you can create a studio in any space. And so I was very open about sharing my very small, overcrowded (laughs) space. And I think it resonates with a lot of people, especially when, you know, I'm not necessarily the face of tech, right? It's not someone you would ordinarily think would share tech. And even some of our fellow creators were surprised when I started doing a tech show. But I thought, everyone since the pandemic on some level has had to incorporate or learn tech, even if Mm -hmm. you're a shopper even Mm -hmm. if you're not live streaming, because many of us had to go online who weren't shopping online before. Now you have to shop online Yes, and create those different things. And so the Tech for Teachers also covers in-person events, the tools that I use to level up my presentation, whether it's projectors, or um, live video cameras for live demonstrations, you know, all types of things. That's one way that I've helped my community is by offering all the things that has taken me a year and a half or so to gather and say, hey, mm-hmm. you don't have to spend that amount of time. Here Here are the tools that I use to help me with in-person events as well as live events. It's
0: so true that, I mean, it, it, the tech does play a part in every single niche. So to actually be the uh, you know having having gone through and and done the the legwork yourself of you know finding out what's working and to be the uh, you know the tech person as well in your your niches. Is uh, is really a, a vital service as well, I think, and certainly with like online conferences and things like that. Just from a point of view of you know people coming along to these kind of things and being able to show up on camera as either uh, you know a guest or as a or attendee, I should say rather, or as someone who's speaking at them. I think that's uh, that's great to also be providing that level of service to your community as well as the just the purely the crafting stuff is uh, very in, very uh, in, enlightened <laughs> to, to to think to do that.
1: Well, you know, I took a cue from you and others like Kirk Nugent and Chris Stone and Monty Weaver, many of the creators who have given of their time and their yep. resources to help people from all disciplines learn how to respond to this stay-at-home order. How can mm-hmm. we still work at home? And a lot of you provided that information for us and so it's only right that what i've been given i want to be able to share that too with others
0: yeah I mean, you mentioned a few names there you know chris and monty and people like that and uh, yeah the the community that's built that the, you know, the community that we're part of related to uh, Amazon live streaming is uh, uh, got a certain abundance mentality, which you clearly share as well. So <laughs> there are other people who are more guarded and want to keep it to themselves, which is only going to end in disaster, if you ask me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's nice Nice when we meet other people who've got that same sort of abundance mentality and, and sharing. Because at the end of the day, you know, getting more people on the platform and getting the platform to grow is going to, you know, all, all ships rise with a rising tide sort of... Uh, Analogy, isn't it? We're all, we're all gonna benefit yes. from
1: that. That is so true. I mean, even outside of my quilting and crafting community, I'm in another um, business related mastermind. In my you know efforts to grow my online business, it, it basically was started from scratch in 2021. Right, I needed help with that, so I joined this community. And as I began to learn about the different businesses, some of them are on Amazon, and so I would say, "Hey, are you on Amazon Live?" And they're like, "Well, what is that?" So I decided for that community to give a a free informational one hour webinar, A to Z. You know, whether you're an associate, a, a brand, or a seller. How you can use Amazon for live for your business. How you can connect directly live with your customers, with your clients, if you're an Amazon brand or seller.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a uh, uh, again another another great <laughs> great service and to to give to people
1: to help to help
0: folks out with that kind of stuff.
1: And yeah, absolutely. Y-
0: you, you mentioned about the uh, you, your setup earlier. Perhaps we could have a little look at the uh, the tech that you're using, and uh, that's that's always yeah. something that I think is uh, is interesting to take a look at. Is like the way people are doing what they're doing, and it's one of the things I think that is often a barrier to people. You know, feeling that they've. Either uh, they don't know where to start with the tech or they've got to have all of the tech before they can make a start. So I'm always interested to see sort of where people are at with that, but also, you know, what's been the evolution of that. And I know that you're just in the process of (laughs) setting up a second space. But if I just uh, bring up this uh, shot, we can uh, take a look at your, your, your regular setup. Shall I call that your regular setup?
1: Yes, this is my regular setup. This is the spot that I created in my sewing and quilting studio, and it has been an evolution. It certainly didn't start this way. It started very humbly with a small webcam and a tripod. Yes, you don't have to start this way. I added different elements slowly over time as I saw the need for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, a yeah. great advice. There, start with what you've got, and then uh, build it up as you uh, as you as you need it. <laughs> so, what what do we um, uh, bear in mind? This is uh, audio first, as well. But what's what's some of the the gear that you've got there that we can see in the in the image? And by the way, anyone listening on this on audio, uh, the link to the video will be in the, the description. But also, all the products we're talking about will be in there as well. So, if anything sounds interesting, you can check them out. But perhaps you can sort of talk through a few of the different things that you've got, and maybe how this evolved over over time as well. Perhaps.
1: Well, my first um, inclination is always, what do I have? As a photojournalist, I went through my gear. What do I have that I can use? You know, I had an old, two old laptops, a, a digital SLR. You know, could that work? I didn't know if that could work. And eventually I was able to get that to work, you know, with a dummy battery. I already had a 14 millimeter lens and while i was getting that ready i used the logitech camera that i had on hand and so right now i have a teleprompter with the digital slr it's it's a nikon i i want to upgrade it eventually but you know what start with what you have is what i always say if you can use older technology start with that and add some new things and i had to add a new computer my laptops were insufficient for the software to, for live streaming. And so I have, you can't see it here, but it's running the live stream. That's a, a Mac mini. And since my space was small, I decided with to, just to have one large to medium-sized monitor that you see there. The addition that I wish I didn't wait on, if there was something that you that would help streamline your production, it's the Stream Deck. <laughs> yeah. Once I got the Stream Deck, I said, what took you so long? <laughs> it is a game changer in terms of being able to manage a run of show, multiple scenes. I just love it and I rely on it. I have multiple shows now and it's all pre-done. I don't have to redo things and so I love that. And I guess, like many, audio is very important. You want to have really good audio. And I started with something basic, but I recently upgraded to a Shure microphone, and I'm enjoying that. Another key component for my space, because it is small, I didn't have a lot of floor space. So i needed to get lights up off the floor and get them mounted and it also worked for my ability to go live at a moment's notice mm-hmm. that was very important that i could just turn the lights on and get going
0: yeah that's very important for me as well i've just got one switch that switches the lights on and then i'm, I'm ready <laughs> i don't shut down my software as well for recording so i can always uh just do it at uh, at at a moment's notice. I think with me as well, with my studio space, I've also been using it like it's almost primarily used for uh, you know Zoom calls and things like that. So all of the uh, all of the, the tech that I ended up getting for for live streaming has also really helped to uh, level up that side of uh, side of things as well because we can obviously just use this as our uh, uh, our Zoom studios as well as our recording studios.
1: That's what I love. I so uh, much agree with you. That was the other aspect because, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I do create YouTube content. I also create online course content. So all three of those are done right here in this studio space. It makes it easy to be able to do it. I want to remove barriers that will limit content creation. And by having this permanent spy, I can record videos, I can live stream, I can do my Zoom calls. It's made it easier for me to be a consistent content creator.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a really great point. Is the the consistency of it as well, and uh, you know, having the the lights all set up and everything set up so that you can uh, you can always just do exactly the same thing. It's repeatable uh, time and time again. Is uh, yeah, really uh, a <laughs> really powerful. And removing that sort of friction. You also mentioned the uh, the stream deck. I think that is so common though that people have this thing of you know should they get one or shouldn't they and you know it's whatever it is two hundred and fifty dollars or whatever for a uh, it's just a it's just a keyboard, isn't it? Surely, and uh, is it really overkill or not just to be able to switch scenes? Uh, no. Once you, <laughs> once you get one, you have to think you know people would have to prize it out of my cold dead hand. Now it's <laughs> it's, it's not going anywhere. Um, and it's also for this, the thing about the stream deck with me is that um, I initially got it. From for switching scenes but now it's become such a powerful productivity tool in its own right in all kinds of other things it's uh yeah it's quite a quite an and um, i wouldn't say underrated because people rave about it but it's uh, it belies really the power that it has when you see it it's just you know a series of buttons it you can't really grasp without you know getting into it as to exactly what you can do with it i think
1: I would agree, I would agree. It's There's so many things that you can do with it in terms of productivity. You know, I use it also with my computer, probably like you do to fast track different things that I do on a daily basis. It really makes a difference. And I'm glad you mentioned the price because often as you start to build a studio when you are new and green and you're just starting this out and you start seeing 300 for that 500 for that and you think wow is this going to end <laughs> yes <laughs> the thing is it's an investment you want to get the right tool and that's been my mantra from the very beginning and that's one of the things that has helped me with quilters over time you know my slogan is from frustration to fabulous mmm You want the tools that are going to help you to be fabulous. You're investing in yourself. You're investing in your show. You're investing in in minimizing frustration. There are enough things that will go wrong in a live stream. (laughs) You can count on it, right? Mm -hmm. But if you can minimize those numbers by getting something like a stream deck, it's worth the investment
0: that's so true as well i mean it really does make it sort of push button so just you know switching scenes with the, the, the touch of a button it does streamline the whole thing and um yeah i think of it as in in that terms and it's it's the amount of your time that it's saving and if you're Whatever it is, either having to go, you know, taking the productivity side of stuff out of the Stream Deck, Um, but if it's uh, making things more easy for you to to do what you've got to do uh, from a a live streaming point of view, it does very quickly uh, pay for itself, I think. But then when you add in the productivity side of stuff that it can do as well, uh, it's amazing how much time it saves me in every day just on the on the Mac. I feel quite lucky really because when I started my YouTube channel, uh, the first thing I bought was. a good microphone i wanted to have a uh, good audio uh, and then the other thing that i just happened to buy was the stream deck and so i i would always recommend that to other people if you've got to pick just two things to start with uh microphone and uh and stream deck you'll go a long way with those
1: <laughs> very true very true i would agree
0: uh-huh. yes and you've just building out at the moment another studio space and perhaps you can tell us a little bit about uh, that and uh, what the sort of plan for that is and how that came about as well
1: Well, this is part of one of the things that I shared with my community when I told them that I was gonna take a two month break. Um, Part of it happened as a result, this new studio space is that I am now a ambassador for Bernina. Bernina is a Swiss company. They have a large US division. And part of that commitment of being an ambassador is that I will share content about their machines. In particular, one you see here is their Q16. It's a quilting machine, which is my specialty. Mm -hmm. And so I will be teaching in-person events at major national quilt shows with this machine, but also creating live content and video content for my community. And so I decided, well, I can't do it in my existing studio. So I need to create a second place. And this is just the beginning stages. I'm just starting to figure out how I'm going to do this and whether or not I can actually say, okay, I'm at my main studio, but I'm going to walk down the hall to studio B, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is this, (laughs) this is studio B. And we're gonna have a quilting demo. So I'm excited at this new opportunity to create a special show centered around being an ambassador for Bernina. Mm -hmm. And Bernina does sell machines here on Amazon. So that is just going to be a wonderful combination between teaching with this machine at in-person events with live streaming and then also talking about it in terms of those who are looking for a machine and having one available right here on Amazon.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that uh, we've got these two almost side by side pictures or, you know, two that we can show off here because it's, it almost shows like what a, a, uh, you know, a starting studio versus, you know, one that you've obviously developed with your other one. And, uh, you know, this one is much more sort of stripped down. Perhaps you could talk a co- you know about a couple of the things you've got in here. And it does just highlight, you know, you don't actually need a load of tech to, to get started with uh, with live streaming.
1: Yeah, you don't. And this is really, really stripped down. It's just the beginning stages. I just said, let me take in my computer, bring in my webcam and see what kind of angle I can create, what will be the actual um, set, if you will. What's the background gonna be like? You know, what am I, what's my lighting? It's a bigger room that has a higher ceiling. So I'm still working on the audio aspect. And I think that might end up being a wireless microphone. I might need to do some sound dampening. There's a lot of challenges now in this new space, but I think you have to just get started. So even if you go to my website, I just did a raw, Video, bad lighting, bad audio. <laughs> you know, it's not the standard that I have now in my current studio, but this studio B, I had to get started. Mm-hmm. So if you have to get started, don't think about perfection. Think about getting started and then seeing where the gaps are. How does the audio sound? Do I need to get something different in terms of a microphone or a Um, do I need to do something with the room to make the the sound better? So you have to start rough and then start to refine it. And this is where I'm at. I'm starting rough with this Studio B.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great advice as well, because I think too many people look to other people in the streaming community and say, okay, I need this particular mic, this particular camera, this particular, you know, whatever it is. And they've got this list of things which everyone else seems to be saying that you know, should be what you should get. Uh, but actually, Everwood Studio is completely different. And the thing about audio you just mentioned there is so important. You know, what is going to... is First of all, what microphone sounds good for one person doesn't sound the same for the other. Uh, but also, the environment is very important in terms of what you choose from that point of view. So uh, there is definitely this sort of trial and error path that I think people should go down. Uh, And things like you're talking there about, you know, getting the right camera angle. And, uh, you know, some people might go and rush out to buy, you know, a Sigma 16, (laughs) because that's what everyone seems to be talking about. Uh, The Sony, you know, ZV-E10 with a Sigma 16. Well, actually, maybe that might be far too wide a shot for you. Maybe you need something that's a bit more cropped in than than that. And so it's, as you say, it's only going through this process that you actually discover all of that. So I just wanted to highlight that point, because I think it's really crucial that people don't get too focused in on somebody else's gear list.
1: (laughs) You're absolutely right. Even when I do my studio tour, you know, I always start by saying, these are the tools that I use. Maybe some of them may be of help to you. Mm -hmm. See if that is going to work for your studio. It may not. You may find one thing out of this whole studio tour that may help you, or they might be several. We want to make sure that we're going to use things that are going to work for our space, and not just try and mimic someone else's space.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, another great bit of advice. There is <laughs> everyone's thing is unique, and I think also having your own unique sort of style to what you're doing as well is important. So uh, not just with the, the gear, but actually the, the look. And uh, I love your the, the aesthetic you've got going on. Obviously, you've got some great work to, to spotlight behind you with your own, <laughs> you know, your own work behind, but. It's great to have, you know, your own unique personality on uh, on your space.
1: Well, thank you, I appreciate that encouragement. You know, it's easy to just decide, well, I need to do this or I need to change that. And I'm thankful that, you know, I'm able to change out the quilt behind me and use that according to the topic that I'm teaching or the platform that I'm giving a webinar on. Having that option is, is good. A lot of times, people think that it's a green screen. And uh-huh. like, is that real, they say? I'm like, yes, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, working with what I have, again, this is the space that I, I have, and I'm making it work.
0: Mm-hmm. Great stuff. And now um, we're coming to the towards the top of the hour. And I just want to be conscious of your time as well. But uh, I always ask people to uh, give a book recommendation, and uh, you'd recommended one that I'd never actually read. So I've uh, I literally just added it into my queue before we started. But perhaps you can tell us about that the uh, uh, the twelve week twelve week year is it.
1: Yes, the 12-week year, that's a re- a recent book. And it's from that mastermind group where how to increase your productivity. And basically the, the, the philosophy, as I understand it behind the book is that many of us, here's the end of the year. We're gonna start planning new goals for the year. By January, we're like, yes, it's a new year. I wanna get started. And then you don't get started. February, we say, well, I still have. 11 months, then all of a sudden it's June and you haven't started because you think you have all this time. Mm -hmm. You end up procrastinating. And so what ends up happening is that there's this fourth quarter push right? This is, we're in that last quarter of the right. year and everyone in most businesses are like, hey, we have to get those results this last quarter. If we want the budget to be the same next year, yep. we have to reach certain numbers. So our work effort increases, our focus increases in the fourth quarter. What if we had that same focus every quarter? How many weeks is that?
0: I, I love 12, that.
1: <laughs> yeah, 12 weeks, uh-huh. yes. So the whole idea is to have the same focus and drive that we have in the fourth quarter and repeat that every single quarter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we end up producing a lot more in a given year as opposed to slowly building <laughs> up <laughs> until we get to the last quarter. To a
0: mad rush in the last three months. <laughs> yeah
1: exactly yeah
0: uh-huh. well so I, that's I,
1: why it's a 12-week year
0: i look forward to reading that i've literally like as i say i've just downloaded it just before coming on so it's in my it's in my audible queue i shall be uh, i've been digging it right into that one um perhaps you can say a little bit more about like where people can find you and like how um you know what what other services you can offer obviously apart from the uh, the, the quilting stuff so i'll bring up your um Uh, your amazon page so all the links to all these places are in the uh, in the description in the show notes as well of course um so we've got all of your your great shows over there on uh, on amazon um and in terms of the uh, the website yeah what are some of the uh, some of the other things that you offer people on there because i know you've got consultations courses and all of that kind of stuff so what what sort of areas are you focused on with those
1: well, to keep in vain with the the show title, Live Stream for Business, I do offer a consultation for live streaming for business if you're a crafter or a maker and you want to learn more about being able to incorporate live streaming, live streaming on Amazon, your studio setup. I even have a resource page there. You can find that under um, oh, live region. streaming, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. At the bottom one. I think it's the, the one, the link on the bottom there. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 yeah, The if you go back to that initial link and click the one, the second one, uh-huh. rather than the top. Oh, I see, right, right. Yeah, right there, yep, yep. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. And so I would love to share any tips with anyone who wants help with the the resources that I use or just watch the live stream. You can come watch a, a, a live studio tour to learn about some of the gear I use, the website, how I started that. This website, I built it in a month and I did that last year. So this is a brand new website. And so I share that with the crafters and anyone that wants to level up their business. This is a place where you can come and see what resources I use.
0: Mm-hmm. I love the I love this website. It basically gives you everything that you need to uh, uh, to do what you're doing. You know, telling you all the different tools and things like that. Obviously, all of the gear that you've uh, talked about, I'll be linking to this uh, this specific page, and uh, there'll be a, a gear list in the the description as well. Um, uh, I love the overlay packs actually as well. I didn't realize you'd got overlay packs in there. That's uh, that's great for uh, for eCam. Thank and... you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't really mentioned eCam, but I know that you are an eCam user. How have you found um, you know using eCam for for what you're doing?
1: Well, that's another reason why I created a page like this. I love eCam. eCam has been the solution on so many levels for my online business. Live streaming, recorded videos my classes, everything. And I just can't say enough about Ecamm. I'm thankful that I chose Ecamm. I initially started with some other ones that I will leave nameless. They were just too <laughs> We We all <laughs> tried those ones. <Yeah>. It's and then of course the ecam community just made it so easy to get started and to continue with the learning process. That has also helped. I yeah, ecam is fabulous.
0: Uh, yeah, the community is amazing. It's uh, it's kind of like the hidden feature of it as well. The fact that if you have got a, it, first of all, it works. It, for me, it works the way my mind thinks. I found it just. I went down the route of trying all of those other ones as well, and uh, yeah, it just it's. Is night and day in terms of how uh, how easy it is to use but then add into that the community that's also happy to help one another and uh you know boost each other up uh yeah and combine that with you know chris's community and uh, monty's community for the amazon side of stuff it's uh, the, the, the the they're very similar in, in that respect in terms of the supportive nature of them i think
1: yes very true yeah and i think i would be amongst many who would say no matter what zoom meeting you're in you show up with ecamm they want to know hey how, how how are you doing that how do you get that look and you say well ecamm. <laughs>
0: have, have you got five minutes i'll give you a demo that will blow you away it's it's very easy to to demo it as well to people i think that they they kind of can't quite believe what's going on sometimes i think
1: yeah that's true i uh-huh. uh, yeah very true.
0: Um, well, I do want to be conscious of your time. We're at the, uh, the top of the hour now, but uh, is there any last sort of uh, words of wisdom that you'd like to uh, to give to anyone else who's in maybe your, your you know specific space or niche or any niche, I suppose, really, who's thinking about either getting into live streaming or getting into the Amazon platform? Any, any sort of parting words of wisdom that you'd like to leave people with?
1: Well, I like to say it's never too late to get started. And if you want to get started, find help. And you can find that through many people in the ecam community, the YouTube community of streamers a very giving and helpful community. You don't have to do it by yourself
0: That's great That's advice my parting tip yeah it's it's so true yeah come and uh, join the ecam community and the other communities and uh, yeah everyone's uh, everyone's all <laughs> full of support and encouragement for one another so definitely a great so, great little parting bit of wisdom for everyone.
1: Well, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. I've enjoyed the conversation. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I could have kept talking for ages, but uh, we've only got an hour in the schedule and I don't want to keep you too long. I'm sure you've got uh, plenty of other things to be <laughs> getting on with, but I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your, you know, your uh, perspectives, your wisdom and your experience with everyone. It's been uh, yeah, great to great to hear more about what you're doing.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Alec
0: thank you so much well if you have uh, enjoyed uh, the uh, podcast and you've been listening on audio you may definitely want to go and check out the video of this podcast because you'll get to see uh, the sort of behind the scenes of uh, Dina's setup there Um, if you want to uh, find more about Dina you can find that all in the uh, description as well I've left links to her website her Amazon page all the other socials as well uh, and of course all of her gear list I'll leave a link directly to actually for the gear list to her uh, website where she's got it all nicely laid out and exactly what she is using for each of the different parts of that so uh, i will be back next time with another great guest and another great conversation thanks so much for watching listening tuning in wherever you are i'll see you next time